excited uh, to chat with the director from last night's episode. Tim Southam joins us here on the Talk Colony podcast. Tim, how the heck Hi. are you? Well, I'm well. How are you doing? Um, I know how you're doing. I listened to last night's podcast. We're hanging in there. I know how you're doing. <laughs> Gee, it's so, it's so, you know, as, as grim as it was, it's so flattering to hear people care. It's uh, just, oh, well, absolutely. It's kind of just incredible. Yeah, a lot of heavy hearts, and and like you said, that's a that's a good thing in a in a way. I mean, you know, you'd be disappointed if no one cared. So, um. oh, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, I'm, I don't know. I spent a lot of years making films that nobody saw. I think it's you know, it's sad that people are sad, but it's it's kind sure. of awe inspiring that they've yeah some people that people have watched it so carefully from the beginning and that they've yeah, you know, yeah. even, that, even that episode some some folks had watched it a couple of times mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. flattered you know um it's it's uh, it's flattering to have people react to your work yes and good work that it is how much have you when did you first get involved in colony how many episodes have you actually been involved with i got involved right away season one um i'd been on Let's see. I'd worked on Bates Motel um, as a director oh, okay. and as a producer, okay. and and so when Colony came up, I, um, I got a chance to direct in the first season. I can't remember which episode, but it was uh, it was really fun, and it was uh, in L.A. and it was uh, you know the show was being made up. It was being created by its producers. It was it was really cool to be on the ground floor, and then I, I came back in season two again in L.A. with a, a brand new crew. Um, mm-hmm. But Juan Campanella and Ryan Condal and mm-hmm. Wes Took and Carlton Hughes were very much still there. And uh, and we did it all over again in, in season two, pushed the Bowmans further uh, further along. Mm-hmm. Snyder and Broussard. And um and then uh then the family had to flee the LA block and so there was a multitude of choices out there as to where they might end up going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And don't ask me how those decisions get made, but um, the Bowmans uh, probably did feel the uh, you know cold hard wind of economics on the back of their necks as they decided whether they should run to the desert or run to the rainforest. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I think tax credits had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Figured Without it just a, a little bit. <laughs> what yeah. um what uh being involved in in different episodes and stuff uh is it on the director side is it easier or more stressful knowing that you're doing the finale as opposed to like an episode number four is there a difference in that for you or do you do you just tackle them all the same well there, there's a, a kind of an ambient stress to directing episodic television anyway for especially if you're someone who uh you know has developed work um you know, for independent films, et cetera. And that is, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You just never know what they're going to hand you. And so you try to, you try to mitigate that by getting to know the writers really well. And so what I've done is, is mm. sort of stock writers over the last decade or so. And, and, you know, Carlton and, and Wes and Ryan were, were, were writers. I, I spent, a, you know, very significant amount of time kind of tracking uh, because I, I felt I, I, ha- I, I got something from what they offered me the first year uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, the way you reduce the risk when you're a uh, director is just get to know your producers, get to know, get, get to know your writers and uh, beg them to bring you on as a partner in, in crime. And that, that's, <laughs> uh, 
that's more or less what I did. And there was, there was a little bit of, um, you know, there was just a little bit of, um, of a conversation around how to, how to, how to reboot the show, not once, but twice. Yeah. Each season was a a brand new crew, a brand new. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so season, Hmm. season three really did offer us a chance to have a, a talk, uh, you know, to talk about it as if it were a new, a new version of the show. And uh, so I, I, you know, that's the other, um, that's the other thing that's so good about being able to come in as a, as a producing director is you get to listen very carefully to the big, the big plans right. and also offer, offer the one or two ideas that might allow those plans to um, take shape. And in this case, we, we decided that we were going to be mainly a, a spy story, a, you know, a family spy story, a, a story mm-hmm. about like family sort of on the run mm-hmm. and, only sort, and only sort of an alien story. Okay. And so we, 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 we sort of developed a toolkit, uh, a cinematic toolkit around this idea of, of a spy story, and it became much more of a very take, grimy, sort of dirty, messy, handheld show as a result. And we dropped some of the genre tropes and, and just went for mm-hmm. as, as naturalistic a, a treatment as we could of, of these characters, because also at this point we got, we knew them so well, we, we, we had a sense mm-hmm. of who they were and where we could push them, where we could take them. So for me, I suppose that's the third element is just, um, you know, how much of uh, how much can I help? Where, how can I help uh, with these, with these long arcs as a director once again, okay. the idea is stock your writers, follow them around until finally get to work with them. Um, right. And and this is what happened. So it, uh, it we very you know very quickly came upon the idea that the Bowmans would be in a, a road a road film, and that we would uh, develop uh, a way of of filming and of playing uh, all thirteen episodes that reflected that with one big shift, which was to go from the you know, really being out in the country to being in, in the city, uh, in Seattle, in this kind of fake comfort of Seattle. And then for Broussard, it was the opposite. It was to take him out of the uh, scary comfort of uh, the Homeland office in L.A. and put him on the road and uh, dirty him up in reverse. Um, and I mean, by dirty him up, I mean literally dirty up. <laughs> dirty him up. Wow. I mean, Drag, yeah. drag the entire show right. through the, uh, the mud yeah. of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was wow. just so very effective because everyone just marveled this year at the new setting mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. new twists, the new mysteries. We're trying to figure out this whole new place and, you know, this other group. And, it, yeah, it was just really intriguing. It You set it up very nicely. People were well, thank really impressed. Thanks. It was, well, a lot it, was, of fun. it was good. It was a good team. We also got very lucky crewing up. Vancouver is a very busy town. It's hard to hire a new crew. Okay. Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard, and we're all outsiders. I don't. I don't live in Vancouver. Uh, mm-hmm. So we 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 had to sweet talk a lot of very talented people into joining us for the adventure, and we did. Ah, we really did yeah. end up with a fab, fabulous crew. We had. Um, Really good luck. We we were able to uh, talk uh, our DP Chris Fluna into doing a second season, and I think he got a kick out of it. He really enjoyed it. He would have come mm-hmm. back if we if we'd gone again. Right. And we uh, we one of our great great finds was Jeremy Stanbridge, our production designer who, who lives in Vancouver. And um, you know, I think I don't think there's anyone on the any any anyone among the producers who wouldn't just you know. Do, you know, they go out of their way to work with with Jeremy again. 
Um, oh wow! He, really built, he built the resistance camp from scratch in the in the, in the woods. He created the mm-hmm. refugee camp. He oh. you know umpteen sets and locations were were sort of uh, you know from scratch. He 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 contributed hugely to the ideas of the uh, of the of the spaceship in, in episode one, which I directed and. You know, we talked a lot about, yes, it's true that the, you know, the cloaking uh, motif was an homage to other shows. That was very intentional. But <laughs> right. we, we, did have right. to, we did have to work long and hard with, uh, with Glenn Campbell, our costume designer, who did actually um, work on Battlestar Galactica as a designer um, uh-huh. to kind of create our, our, what we called our demi. Um, you know, we put a lot of mm-hmm. thought into it. And we had a lot of, a lot of, uh, Put a lot of thought into where that was going to go over the many, many episodes to come in season four and season five and season six. Uh, so, so we, uh, we we found a really good core team in Vancouver, and we're looking forward to um, doing it all over again with them. Who exactly conceived of the pods and the the green goo, as I like to call it? It's a very technical term. Um, <laughs> Who, who sort of yeah. conceived of that and how, how you put that into production? I mean, that looks like an actual mach- piece of machinery or a unit. I mean, how many of those did you so have that's to a have? Season two, that's a season two concept. Um, conceptually, everything can be traced back to Ryan uh, and okay. Wes and Carlton with mm-hmm. input. The, you know, we have a fantastically inventive uh, writing team who were also fantastically receptive. So uh, the pod, I'm going to say, was probably a Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, a Ryan gag. And the uh, I remember being around for the Jello because that was episode seven of ah. two, and I, dire- I directed that. Uh, okay. So okay. the the kind of the engineering of that pod, the door was a little funky. It was hard to get the hinges to work. And um, <laughs> uh, that whole forest, that whole forest of red drapes, and the, uh, the you know pods that were yeah. supposedly underneath yeah. each one of them, uh, and the crates mm-hmm. in, in in earlier episodes, uh, all ended up being just one pod, which we built sort of on the fly for that one moment where the the outlier oh, wow. falls out and and dies in oh, episode okay. seven. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. That was that would that would definitely be a writing a writer a writer team. I mean, this, the right you know, Ryan is is truly um, a master of of the code, of uh, you know, not only his own world but uh, every single pop trend, every single sci-fi uh, phenom out there. Ryan has a full a full grasp of and 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 Wes uh, understands it. Uh, and understands how to integrate it with Ryan into sort of the, the Bowman's story into the character's uh, world. So the two of them working together, one is sort of a former novelist, as a novelist and a kind of a high character writer, and, and, mm-hmm. and the other as, as that, plus plus a huge genre geek. Uh, you know, uh, most of those ideas came from, uh, huh? would come from that, that, that team. And sure. there would be, of course, Car- Carlton before that, uh, who who is, you know, whose company is called Genre Arts is a complete uh, aficionado of all things genre. So mm-hmm. those those gags those gags would have come from them. I have a very sketchy um, understanding of the genre world, which is weird because now that's almost all I do. Uh, so I'm constantly uh, sort of running running to to watch stuff or read about stuff in order to catch up. But uh, those guys really had had it down. Well, as as far as in regard to the episodes that you have directed. It, it looks like to me as a viewer, and I don't necessarily 
obviously don't know, but it looks like a lot was filmed on location yeah. versus in studio. But did it just look that way to me? Or, no, or, no, okay. no, you were, you're right. Okay. Uh, season three, you know, the, I think the survival pattern for a basic cable show is sort of four, four, five days, five to six days in studio and three to two days on location. I think that that, you know, I, I think the economics can survive that. Uh, okay. And we did do very well. We, 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 we managed uh, a very tidy show, but we were uh, on average uh, seven days out out of our eight day schedule, six to seven days out on location. So we really dug wow. through all the available forests and all the available mm-hmm. uh, locations for the Seattle colony. That was all Vancouver. And, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we built, uh, we did build on location, uh, but they were, we were out in the rain. So, for instance, episode five, which Jeremy Webb directed uh, beautifully, uh, they just filmed in a, in a full-on downpour for the better part of uh, eight days mm. out there. Uh, and uh, if there was an interior, they just went inside one of the, you know, fake quonset huts and filmed inside, and we dealt with the sound issues later. Uh, so okay. it was a very, very wet, very cold, very demanding uh, shoot for everyone and, the, you know, not least the cast. It, mm-hmm. was, it was extremely trying, but anyone who shot in Vancouver says the same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. We were particularly exposed because we were out. We were just out. We, were, we, were, we wanted to be. We really felt that mm-hmm. the show would benefit from being as realistic and as gritty as possible. Uh, that since we were, we were planning to put the Bowmans through the ringer, that they should really yeah. go through the ringer. Go through the ringer, and we yeah. Had, <laughs> and we had full buy-in from the entire cast. And oh, I think, wow. I, okay. I, I, you know, it's the difference. Also, I think the difference between trying to make a show that, you know, where nobody, nobody's going to look like they're, they've just stepped out of the hairdryer, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and while they talk about their, their hardships, that the kids would, you know, the kids would have looked like they really haven't had a wash of clothes or, or a bath in some time that you, you know, we wanted to yeah. some level to smell, to smell the show this year. There you go. And, uh, and, 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 you know, so that's, and so we went out, we just went out and stayed out. I, I remember a commenting. Cam, camera shoot. Okay. Go ahead. I was going to say, I remember commenting to, to some fellow fans that um, in, after Charlie dies and in the next episode when they're mainly on the road, I said, it's really, it's hard to make Josh Holloway look rough, but he looked, he looked rough in that episode. So I, I mean, yes. I, I can hear what you're saying and, and, and see it, you know. <laughs> Yes, and that was that. That was the. Uh, that's how he looked. He he said during that episode that this was as, as dark as he'd been as he'd had yeah. to go ever. And you know you can imagine his surprise mm-hmm. when he read episode nine and realized how much darker he was going to have to go. Oh gosh! And then right. yeah. uh, and then you know just the general puzzlement as it got darker and darker. You know no one writes that uh, without expecting to be able to solve it in seasons four and five. I mean you don't blow a whole family up without you know the prospect of you know we'll put it back together again at some point. <laughs> right. So there was nothing cynical yeah. about it, but it made a massive demands on Josh on Sarah. Um, you know, really, really serious. And, you know, uh, look, look how well Isabella did, uh, you know, oh, yeah. with, uh, and Bram, my goodness, Alex, uh, how they mm-hmm. handled these big, these sort of big grown up topics, uh, you know, leaving your own parents just to survive mm-hmm. uh, and working their way through all that. Uh, yeah. Big challenging themes, in addition to being sort of wet and cold. Uh, I thought it was a very grown up, very compelling. Um, 
experience, you know, just to, to, mm-hmm. to deal with those scripts and to work with. I, I directed four of the episodes, and we had fabulous directors. Uh, the episode you, you allude to, the episode six, when they're on the road, that was Sarah Boyd, uh, who's, uh, on, you know, who I worked with uh, on Bates Motel as both a director and an editor. Uh, she's an editor um, and a director, a very fine director. Uh, you know, she she took it on. She said, "Okay, I'm going to have you know Snyder recovering in the full comfort of his Swiss chalet and one plot, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have the Bowmans as beat up as they've been." Yeah, and such I'm gonna, contrast. I'm going to I'm going to play these two notes. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. worth. Wow, pretty amazing. All right, so I, I have to know. Who's who's the bigger knucklehead on on set? Is it Peter Jacobson or or Tori Kittles or Josh Holloway? Who's who's the bigger knucklehead? Oh, there. I mean, and it doesn't stop there. Oh my God! Okay. There, they they it, they they did it on purpose, but it was uh, you know it was hard to tell from one moment to the next. Uh, they they had a fantastic uh, friendly rivalry going, but Sarah was right in there. Sarah can give as good as anybody. Um, and so were the kids. So were the kids. It was a really tight, tight, tight group. That was a really good cast. That that was, uh, you know, we're talking about people. We had, you know, an episodic's interesting because we had a lot of really good directors, and we had, of course, uh, as producers, we were around the whole time. But you know, when you're an actor in series television, you're nowadays, of course, doing some of the most complex work that's written. But you're also mm-hmm. having to kind of you're, you're, you have to take care of your character for, for, for years. Uh, right. yeah. People go, but you're, you're in charge of your character. So, you know, in, a bit, in, in addition to the knucklehead stuff, they were really working on going, okay, so this is the journey. This is who I am. This is who I mm-hmm. was in season one. This is who I am now. And really sort of keeping tabs on all that. Uh, and uh, all, of course, successfully managing to be in the same series. You can imagine how the character of Snyder could have easily drifted off into his own series, which I'm sure, you know, Peter Jacobson would have loved. But sure. he, found, he tied himself into the core uh, plot even when he wasn't in it over and mm-hmm. over again, totally just yeah. making sure that he didn't get too funny or, you know, too tauby, I used to call it, from House. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I'd pull out the T word if he was if he was having it up too much. But he too really was conscious it. of, uh, you know, conscious of, of 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 needing to be in the same show as as his colleagues. Uh, and and, and yeah. one underestimates one doesn't. You know, it's hard. To, you, it's easy to forget how much the actors are in charge of that, and how well they do with that, and how well they read for all the other characters and sort of try to keep 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 tabs on each other. Hey Jay. Jay, we yeah. we have a pro- yeah. Yeah. prolific director on the line. Maybe this would be a good I- good time for you to to tell him our idea about. Oh yeah, our, our, our idea. <laughs> so so listen, we were we were thinking, and you know, we'll write it if you want to direct it. But we were just thinking, uh, it would be hilarious if we created a like like a kind of cop film with Tori and Peter being the cops partners in some oh, way. Awesome. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, come on, would that not be ridiculous? I mean, Can we that, make would that, be <laughs> that would be terrific. It's so funny that, it, you know, this chemistry between, um, between Tori and Peter, and I don't know, did they, did they have any scenes together? I'm trying to think, oh, well, yeah, of course, they had episode nine. But, I mean, they're almost never not many. Not many, yeah. Not many. Yeah, same plot. And yet, there's, yeah, there's clear chemistry. Yeah, that's, that that sounds good. That sounds very good. <laughs> I wonder who uh, we have I to just, shop it to. 
I don't know, but we'll find somebody. Uh, I want to go back to what you were kind of just talking about, um, about the set, about the cast and, you know, kind of their dedication to their craft, um, but yet still having fun on set and being so tight. Who, who teaches that to the actors? Cause it can't be that way in every show. Does that, is that something that's instilled from producers, agents, directors? Where, where does that come from? You know, I think the, I think, I think artists uh, decide how they're going to be, you know, not just as artists, but also as professionals, and they bring it. They, they bring it. Uh, an astute uh, producer will, you know, and this, there's a huge approvals list, you know, you know there's a, a huge approvals uh, sort of process with the studio and, and the, the network of the service, depending on. Uh, but, you know, an astute producer or a creative team will, will, will choose people who they feel will be really good for the character and for the story, but also really good to work with for five years. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you, the, you know, you, you can kind of, you can kind of see it. Uh, and there are exceptions and the exceptions are, you know, artists can be very intense and I don't think there's sure. anything wrong with intent, you know, being, you know, being around, I'm, I'm comfortable around really intense, really creative, really original people. Um, and sometimes their behavior can be weird, but it's in service of doing a really good job for something worth, you know, a compelling uh, piece of writing. So, uh, but in this case, you know, everybody just brought it, worked, um, and, and led by example, and it made all of us better. We all we, we we all behaved better because they were behaving. They were doing such a great job offset and onset. Sure, just being great people. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I just wondered. I just wondered. All right, before we let you go, one one last question. Uh, obviously, this was a huge finale. Everybody's all emotional. It'll be one that probably people will watch a couple different times if for nothing else for nostalgia or remembering mm-hmm. just something or wanting to see if there was anything there they've missed. Now you as the director of the episode, when you go back and watch it, is there anything that you were like, Oh, I should have done that just a little bit different. Anything or were you um, spot on? I, I like, I like what we did with that episode. I mean, I should clear one thing up, you know, uh, the whole show was finished and delivered and, you know, cut and packaged sure. and all the effects were done before we knew what the fate of season four was. So mm-hmm. that was the series okay. finale that was written in order to build, you know, we, we were building conflict into, into the show so that we could keep on going. You know, that was, that, that kind of disruption is, is the product of, of minds that really want to keep, you know, keep on going. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, feel like it just has to be watched as, as its own film. Um, and I was, I was very happy. I was very happy with the writing. I felt that, you know, watching Snyder kind of try trick everybody into at least building a, you know, making sure he can get a defense defensive shield up for right. Seattle was cool because he was so ruthless in his approach to that. Uh, getting him back together with Will for that scene early in the episode was good. I remember mm-hmm. really yeah. liking opening on Will, you know, up in that uh, hotel room and then coming down the fire escape. And I kind of liked the way we did that. We did it with a very small crew and just on the fly as a second unit. And it, and it feels like that. And that's how I feel the show should 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 always feel. Very much just available light. Uh, Lindsay George, our, our A camera operator, lit it, did it uh, for us as a second unit exercise with me and a small crew. And I, I like all that. I like... Um, 
I like the big finale, the operatic finale for all the characters. Mm-hmm. I particular, mm-hmm. I personally really do like the way Alex uh, had Bram um, split with Isabella. So I like telling that story. But overall, that was what tough. I really liked yeah. was, was telling um, the story of three kinds of, uh, you know, just to wax a little political for a second. I really liked the study that Ryan and Wes did and Carlton of how how authoritarian rule and works. And so mm-hmm. we had the Snyder version, uh, and he went in and out of phases of being, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very totalitarian mm-hmm. and very ruthless. We had the resistance camp version where someone putatively on your side is still, you know, the boss, though that he hasn't been elected to the position and is hanging on to that and kind of goes sideways. And this is, of course, characteristic of the resistance movements of World War II. Um, mm-hmm. And in that sense, is cues very closely to kind of the inciting, uh, you know, analogy of the, of the show, which is 1943 Vichy France. And then finally, very innovatively, I thought, was the Kynes character where you've got this corporate leader who's had the good fortune of becoming a billionaire, basically rich enough to run mm-hmm. a whole city uh, according to a newfangled sort of management idea he has. And he's not elected either. Uh, yeah. So, the good guy who's the bad guy in this scenario so I, I liked having a hand in articulating all of those things to me that's mm-hmm. why colony is important is yeah. we need to understand these things now more than ever uh, I think colony did a very intelligent job Wes and Ryan and Carlton did a really intelligent job of, of, of working their way through that uh, I think that one Campanella the original producing director pilot director who grew up in Argentina under uh, you know in a totalitarian uh, regime uh got it and gave us our first instruction and how to do it on film as directors um i I sort of carried the torch forward um in my own way but to me the big learning curve was just that that study so i liked i liked how we did all that and i liked how it sort of summed up in episode 13 and personally i liked exploding the bowman family i thought that it it, it filled the show well it filled the show with potential you know and it's just too bad we didn't get to keep going uh now you know they were going to fix all those problems even from wherever will was headed uh he was going to come back and save his family what was left of it so i i thought uh, that was really good uh what i also liked about the show was learning from our guest directors um you know how they solved certain puzzles uh was always interesting to me and uh you know i'll steal from anybody so I, uh, I certainly got a kick out of uh, out of having other directors around on the show. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh man! Cool. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm happy to know. I have to say, I'm happy to know that there was going to be more story, and that wasn't the definitive end. I'm definitely happy to hear that because I know me a lot too. of people were wondering about that. That makes yeah. me feel a lot better, even though seeing well, Will in that I, pod. I promise you that was absolutely what was going on. And uh, we were trying to get the show into outer space and we were trying, the economics kept, he kept it pretty earthbound, of course. So you okay. had to crawl around in yeah. the woods, people to crawl yeah. around in the woods and to do a, a fly. I also work on lost in <laughs> <Yeah>. space and <laughs> different budgets. Um, sure. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it was something we wanted to do was kind of get the, get the alien war going. Um, uh, um, you know, the demis, um, all that was all there. Um, Wes and Ryan talked about it, had it all sort of mapped out. Um, and we were just sort of trying to get it up on the screen every, every week. Um, so it's a disappointing, uh, I do think I heard someone say, you know, in some sense, the three seasons do hang together pretty well. 
Um, mm-hmm. I do think mm-hmm. you know a three a three season movie, which is what this is, is, is not a mm-hmm. bad thing. Um, it's you know it's a little open ended at the end, but I think that's that's you know if I if, for me as a fan, I think it's a minor flaw considering the journey we were on. Sure. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. No, no. Now, is, is, there the any way, is there any way yeah. that Katie could have survived? I, I got to know. I, I think that... so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. I, I, think she, I think she could have, um, you know, and if nothing else, Sarah would have come back as a director. She did an awesome job. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yep, yep, that's true. Now, did she shadow you in season two? She shot with Jeremy Webb, who I consider oh, okay. an awesome, awesome director. Okay. He's he's just look for his work elsewhere in the in the in series land. He's truly a great director. Uh, okay. He came 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 to America via Downton Abbey, and uh, um, he uh, she 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 shadowed him, and then she uh, just brought her basic smarts and her understanding of script and all, her incredible work ethic and uh, and directed a really superb episode. Oh, I have to think she, she picked lot, up some good stuff for me ideas. too. <laughs> she had a lot of good ideas, and she's directed okay. since yeah. too. She's directed other shows since. That's what I've been hearing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Busy, busy awesome. in that world. Busy, busy. I love it. There's lots Kim, going on. Uh, love it, man. Uh, I could probably talk to you for hours. Uh, I really tell, appreciate so I. you. <laughs> That's okay, man. No, I love it. I love it. Really, could definitely talk to you for hours. So don't be surprised if I invite you to something else real soon too. Um, but awesome. thank you. I, yeah, really thank gave you some perspective. Thank you for caring yeah. about this show. Oh, so great. Oh, we love it. We love it. We'll, nope. We always yeah. will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and the the insights that you shared really helped me, and I know it will help the A other lot. the listeners yeah. to kind of wrap their heads around it better. I think yeah. you know, we were all just kind of still in that fog of struggling, but a, a lot of what you said, I think will really help fans a lot um, to be able to try to move forward. So, well, um, it just shows you how great. much we just, you know, we just have to kind of go on a wing and a prayer. We were, we were shooting this thing and, 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 you know, making this thing, just hoping fingers crossed for, for, yeah. for more. Sure. And, uh, we got three seasons. Yeah. Well, well done. Just very well yes, done. Thank you. Agreed. Very well done. Thanks so much, Tim. Well, thank really, you. Thank really, you. really appreciate it. Have a good rest of the night, man. Take it easy. You too. Talk soon. All right. Bye bye. Cool dude, man. Cool dude. Very I can really talk great. to him for days. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I'm just fascinated by all those those yeah. insights and behind the scenes stories and how things fit together and yeah, I mean he really did just put my uh some of my helped my anxiety level <laughs> lowered it a little yeah. bit from the yeah. show you know i mean because i had kind of conceived in my own head like well if it continued this could maybe happen you know and that's part of what we have to do as as viewers you know is is to try to finish the story on our own but just hearing it from him it just encouraged me a little bit more that you know yeah gave me a little more i agree <laughs> So. No, that was nice. Uh, you know, I definitely I feel better myself. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh I'm, man, I'm doing better now. Feeling a little better. Right. Yep. So. Well, um, I mean, I think it, we know what happened in the story. We kind of know where everyone ended up. Um, do you want to just jump through our segments with each other, yeah, that's or right. did, okay? Alrighty. I, actually, I kind of. 
I, I kind of like that idea. Let's hit the segments or whatever, because he answers so many of those kind of questions yeah. and things that we would have talked about. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about who owned the episode. Oh, this is so hard for me. This is really so hard for me. It uh, is hard. And you don't have to go first. Do you want some more time? I'm still stuck. Um, so, yeah, you yeah. can do yours because that will eliminate someone from my list. Go ahead. Okay. I mean, I, I really struggled as well. It's like just just the fact that it was the series finale, it just, you know, it shifts your whole focus, you know, it's, and it makes it that much mm-hmm. harder to narrow it down. But I guess the one thing that I kept holding on to was Katie finally – figured out her priorities. I mean, like Will told her, I'm proud of you. You always fight for what's right, you know. Um, And and so her ideals are important and that she wants to help and she wants justice. But when push came to shove and they're just, you know, everything's falling apart, you you know, you kind of have to pick one thing. And I feel like in the end she, she picked her family. Um, And so that, that in itself made me happy. The fact that she's outside the wall and it looks like there's, you know, explosion, whatever, you know, uh, right. Coming towards yeah. her that, that, that's, that's difficult to think that, you know, I mean, that could, that could, you know, be very tragic, you know, assuming that she didn't make it, but the fact that she talked to Will and she talked about, you know, we've just got to look at the small things right now and do what we can. Like they kind of refocused together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. thrilled that that Will went into the pod and stuff, but they they did talk. You know, they got down to the nuts and bolts of it, and like, let's you know, no more, you know, hiding anything. You know, because they had talked this season, but they each left out some details. You know, and but I felt like that was a very honest conversation, so it was good to see that. And I feel like she was the one who really was the catalyst for that. I mean, she really you know, said that we're going to talk, you know, so you you know what I'm getting at. So I'm going to pick her for that reason, because just because of the focus that, um, you know, that kind of the shift in in focus, they're kind of drawing them back to what is most important for them. No, I think, I think that, I think that's a good choice. No, I think that's a good choice. I think, and I think that's why I have such a hard time with it in this one is I think you could pick a number of people for a number yeah. of different reasons. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with an unusual pick for me and I'm going to go with Broussard. I'm okay. going to choose Broussard, I think for this one. Um, because ultimately I think I, I was going to leave it up. My top two choices were really Snyder and Broussard because uh-huh. Since this is the finale finale, they are the two that made it all the way to the end. I mean, you know, right. speculation of what's going to happen. But they both survived. They both made it yeah. in their own ways. Um, but I'm going to – I have to give it to Broussard because uh, I know we all love him as a character and we all love Tori Kittles. Um, but that part of the resistance, you, you could die at any time. I mean, your character could be gone any time. And he made it. And he made it there at the end now with a whole new team of people. And he's really like this captain of this next movement um, that – and he has to make so many choices kind of along the way. Um, 
that for me, him making it in the end might be the most impressive for me. Uh-huh. Uh, character-wise, yeah. so I'm going to give it to him. I, I think yeah. he, I think he deserves it. He's had a long, long path, and uh, he could have very be- easily been the person outside the wall instead of Katie for any number of different mm-hmm. reasons too. So sure. Well, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not going to argue with you for that pick. Obviously, I'm like anytime <laughs> you want to give props to Broussard and or Tori Kittles, I'm totally fine with that. But yeah, he, I mean, he had the biggest one of the biggest transformations. It's kind of like, you know, like I was talking about Katie kind of coming back to figuring out what's really important to her. And right. he found more of, he kind of went in a new direction, you know, and had, yeah. he grew into something else, you know, into a leader. And that was, and it was, it was believable because I mean, it took yeah. three seasons, you know, yeah. it wasn't yeah. quick and easy. Yeah. It was a struggle. And I, I think Amy was a big part of that. Um, and, and, and maybe that's how we can look at her character now. Like, well, why is she here? You know, we kept looking for this big twist or reveal <laughs> yeah, and maybe yeah. he just needed someone to ground her that wasn't tied to another family. You know, I think right. she, she was kind yeah. of a loner, you know, she had lost people. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think she was the, the, the perfect companion in, in that regard. Yeah. So yeah, yeah no, you, that's, that's a great choice. If you compare him to the Broussard that we saw in season one, he yeah. was like kind of a loner, but still part of what I would call like a faction, I guess. Yeah. Where now he's like a legitimate player, a legitimate leader, uh, mm-hmm. someone that's really just earned that respect. And mm-hmm. I, I, so I, I got to give it to him. Got to give it to yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And willing to take on that responsibility. Like before, right. if he was a lone wolf, then if, if right. something happened to him, it's just him, you know, no attachments right. or whatever. Now he's really right. taking on caring for a larger group of people. So yeah. pretty cool. Now I have to ask you, uh, uh, Snyder, um, his decision <laughs> about the, uh, and this is just really clarification too, about the 150 outliers. I know he asked Garland to step out and he was going to like talk to the host. Did he talk to the hosts or did he come up with this idea, this proposal to them? I mean, wh- which, which direction did it come from? Do you, I, was that I think clear that's to an, you? I, I don't think it was. Uh, Cause I okay. think that's an excellent question. And I think that might even be, you know, for us as fans to, and figure out what happened. Okay. Okay. Um, because originally I think that he, he did, or I thought that he did indeed talk to him, but then, you know, Snyder, he's the deal maker, you know, yeah, he's yeah. always been the deal maker that it, it makes sense to me. And I started to wonder, like, did he really put this together? Cause he's always found a way out of everything. Always. Exactly. Like, yeah. When did he yeah. Um, so, uh, I do wonder how much of his input was what kind of put that into play. Yeah. I was like, is it a direct order or did he propose it? Yeah. So, okay. Well, I, I'm glad I'm not like just didn't totally miss it out of the blue, but I think that uh, is kind of fun. That it's kind of us up to us to figure out, you know, how did this exactly transpire? Because it worked, you know, it was successful. Yeah. And, um, and, and it was believable. People bought it. They you know, and even Broussard said, well, according to our best information, this is, you know, cause they're like, is that true? You know, do you believe that? (laughs) Right. So, you know, so I thought that was, that was interesting that it wasn't 
you know, so cut and dry. But um, all right, biggest reveal. Would you like, would you like to go I can first? Take this one first, if you want, it's up to you. Okay. I'm, I'm leaving go it up for to it. you. All right. Uh, proceed. All right. Uh, this is where I'm going to pick Snyder in kind of a uh, a selfish, a selfish way, I guess. Uh, playing proxy Snyder on Twitter now for three years, and I've been yeah. a knucklehead with it, and at <laughs> least. Every other week, I announce how I'm always going to be the hero or Proxy Snyder is going to be the hero in the show. And for me, in this episode, we saw so many things happen and shocked by so many things. He really did save that block. He came through and he made it so there wasn't this total annihilation um, from these nasty forces out there. So the biggest reveal for me is he actually did it. Yeah. He actually with, did it. With a, with a little help from Will and 149 other outliers, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, no, but I, no, I mean, I'm, I'm teasing, but, yeah, yeah he yeah. masterminded it. You're right. You're right. Um, or or and whether, he, whether it was his idea or he took the order and executed it, yeah, he, he did. He made that, that play out. So, yeah, I mean, I'm tempted to say that the biggest reveal was, you know, that the series ended, you know, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the worst reveal. But um, mm-hmm. a, aside from that, um, I, I, I probably that that Katie ended up outside the wall because it looked like things were coming together. They were coming up with mm-hmm. a plan. And then, mm-hmm. you know, even if Will was going to sacrifice himself, they had talked. She was like, okay, family, you do what you got to do. I'll take care of the kids. You know, it looked like things were kind of coming together, but like Tim talked to us about if it, you know, approaching it as a season finale, you can't have everything work out. You know, there, there's got to be some, um, some conflicts, you know, right. But knowing that it, yeah. you know, that, that, that it was the series end, I was like, oh, come on, I want it, you know. But so it, it just couldn't be that way. So right, I was right. like, what? She, she finally figured this out, and now she's stuck out there? Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I saw it in my mind playing out a little differently, but I can I can see why it was done that way, especially given, the you know, the time frame that it was already done. And it, you know, would set up a great story for the next season. But yeah, in my mind, I was trying to find ways for it to fit together and um, work yeah. out, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And then, I mean, I guess in and, my uh, – secondly, just seeing Will get into that pot. I was like, he, I kept thinking kind of, okay, maybe oh, he's going to change his mind or he's going to get pulled out for something. Snyder's going <laughs> to say, we need you here. But, no, right. he actually went in. So Yeah, pretty uh, – uh, that that was hard to watch. That was hard to watch. Oh, um, very and then hard. Very hard. I, I, the other the other thing that I just want to throw out there, maybe not just biggest reveal for the finale, but maybe so for the show in itself. Uh-huh. Ever since the beginning, there have always been theories like, what if it's not really aliens? What if it's really us? What if it's you know artificial oh, yeah. intelligence or blah 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 blah? And I yeah. think especially because we've seen this war now come to earth and mm-hmm. we're seeing this force field or whatever the heck it is that protected Seattle and these huge explosions coming from space. 
I feel mm-hmm. like you have to give a big reveal for the show that, yes, indeed, there are these outside alien forces out there. Yeah. It's like, we weren't kidding, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very good point. That's a very good point. All right. Well, as much as I want it to get picked up elsewhere, and I'm hoping for that, I'm going to stay positive. For the moment, this is this for the moment. This is our last Josh Holloway hair flip rating oh, for Colony. How so, sad is that? Oh, I know. So we can we can oh. hope for the best, but as far as we know right now, this is the last one. Yep. So, um, I don't mind going first on this one. Hit it. Um, I'm going to go with an eight and a half, and it's it's higher after talking to Tim. Um, he, he was like a, a therapist this evening. <laughs> he just <laughs> yes, he helped me. He helped me make sense of some things and just put some pieces together a little bit differently and, and think about it differently. Um, and and I can see. I, I can find I, I have a little more hope for what could have happened sure. um, yep. with them. And and with that said, that was like my biggest um, roadblock to, to like enjoying the episode. You know, you, it's hard to enjoy when you know it's the end, but then seeing things kind of fall apart or mm-hmm. sequence are kind of, fall, you know, that's hard too. But now mm-hmm. that I have a little bit more hope, I'm like, it really was well executed that, that episode, you know, it was, it was some great action, um, just just all the the pieces trying to, you know, I mean, like Snyder either getting this plan or coming up with this plan and everybody wondering if it was going to work. And, you know, just that moment when everybody's watching, Katie's looking at the yeah. sky and Snyder's looking yeah. out the window and yeah. Will's getting at the, it was very dramatic, I guess. That's, that's yes. the word I'm searching yes. for. And so a very dramatic episode and seeing that transformation with Broussard and, um, yeah, so in the you know in the people coming, the other outliers coming to help, it just you know, yeah, it was, it was very dramatic, and so um, I, I think eight and a half, eight and a half is a is a, a really strong rating. Um, yep. It's harder to go any yep. higher, honestly, knowing that that's the end. <laughs> but yeah. but it was very yeah. very well done, and I can appreciate those aspects more now that I've kind of talked through it. So I agree. All right, I agree. your turn. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm going to go higher than I was originally going to go because I think that I was probably around an eight or so. Um, but you're right. It was therapy. So I do feel a little bit better. (laughs) And after having some time to, to really digest everything and look at all the different pieces, I'm actually going to give this a nine and a half out of 10. And I'm taking my half point away because, um, I kind of talked about a little bit last night on radio. I, I didn't need some of the stuff in the middle. I didn't need some of that filler. But what I uh-huh. really liked about it, as sad as it is, and as as much as people are kind of complaining about the cliffhanger part of it, we got to see everybody. We know yeah. whether we like it or not. We know what happened with everybody. There was plenty of action. There was, I mean, the the show started with that whole like bunker just going down and Helena going down and you're like, Holy oh, crap, yeah. what is going on? And, yeah. um, I, and you end the show with Will and a dang pod, the last thing you ever want to see. And I know, uh, and then everything in between and, 
you know, when uh, Snyder is is uh, looking at all those drones kind of swarming the, the wall and stuff, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, what is happening here? And yeah. the explosions coming from the sky. And there are just so many pieces that um, were so dramatic, were so well done, and you felt for so many of the different characters in so many different ways. I, I I, I yeah, have it's to pretty, rate it high. I yeah, it's pretty to. epic, I actually. Guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I'm with you. Yep. I'm with you. So, well, I don't think there's a whole lot more to say. I mean, I think we just need to uh, let it sort of yep. marinate. Marinate, that's the word. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I, I, I do want to watch it again and, you know, it, you just have to kind of work through it. You know, the idea that yeah. it's the last one and try to get to the point where you can watch it for just the show, you know, itself. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I will, I will miss these conversations and these segments, but uh, we'll always, we'll always have colony. So that's right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I just I, I gotta thank you, girl. You invited me into this whole talk colony fold, and it's been amazing, <laughs> and it's been so much fun. And I've had such a ball with you. You have no idea how much I appreciate uh-huh. you. Um, so thank you so much for that, because um, it's it's just been amazing. Well, thanks for joining me. I you uh you were up to the challenge, and uh, I appreciate that. And so. It's been a lot of fun and, and an exciting yep. ride. It's it's always fun to share one of your favorite shows with a fellow fan and, uh, that's right. and talk about it. And that's that's what this was all about, was just to, to talk about the show and be excited about it together with everyone. So it worked well for me, and I, I do appreciate yep. it. And I appreciate all the listeners. Thanks for yeah. Joining us on this ride and uh yep. all the folks who talked to us, the the cast and um it's it's been really exciting. And I just you know, who knows who will where these actors are gonna end up. We might be podcasting about another show with Tori Kittles or <laughs> Peter Jacobson. Right. You, never you never know. know. So you never know. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, listeners. Yeah, thanks everybody. Signing off for now. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. See you soon. Bye-bye. We're going to leave you with some music from Moon. Their song titled I Got a Fever, which was featured in episode five of season one on Colony. You can find Moon on iTunes. So check them out. Enjoy the music. (laughs) 